Christian history is full of wonderful examples of stories of men and women who so are conformed to the image of Christ in their discipleship that when we look at their lives, we actually see pictures of Christ. And these stories are instructive for us to read as 21st century Christians as we seek to follow after Christ and model Christ in our own lives. I think some of the most compelling examples of, of these type of stories come from the first few centuries of the church uh, when Christianity was still illegal. And so these uh, Christians often ended up uh, becoming martyrs, that is, dying for their faith. Now we shouldn't think of this, of this time period historically as a time when uh, the Roman Empire was uh, endlessly pursuing Christians to kill them and, and this sort of thing that sort of overblows it historically. Nevertheless, it is the case that because of a decision by Emperor Trajan in around 110 or so, um, it, it was illegal to bear the name Christian. That, it was, that is, it was a crime to follow Christ, punishable by death. And so what we see are these periodic outbreaks of persecution and killings of Christians for no other reason than that they bore the name Christ. And the question that this set of circumstances uh, led Christians to ask again and again is why? Why, if I have given my life to following the true Lord of the universe, why am, am I dying for it? And the overwhelming answer that we see again and again is that uh, the meaning that uh, our suffering and our death has is that we are conforming our lives so fully to that of Christ that even uh, we follow him even into his death. Now this sort of answer to, um, to explaining martyrdom really begins in the New Testament. We see it in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus, we see him when he talks about what it means to be a disciple of him, he never talks about it in such a way that it would be easy. Rather, he uses language such as, if you want to follow after me, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, you also have a cross uh, in, in your life to face. And for the early Christians, this was not uh, a metaphor. This was reality. Another great example of this is the story of the uh, first Christian martyr, Stephen, in the stories of Acts 6 through 8. Uh, when Stephen is being stoned by the Jews, he says two significant things, which we see are the same exact things that Christ said. Namely, Father, don't hold this sin against them. And when he is dying, he says, Father, into my hands I commit uh, my spirit. So the gospel writer Luke puts into the mouth of Stephen the same words that Christ says from the uh, cross, indicating that Stephen is giving, conforming his life so fully to Christ that he's even conforming it unto death. Stephen has taken up his cross quite literally. Now this, this phenomenon uh, really, or this, this way of speaking about the meaning of martyrdom follows into the second century, third century stories or acts of the martyrs. And I just want to give you a couple of examples, pretty compelling ones. From uh, the late second century, uh, about 177 or so CE, we have the account of the martyrs of Lyon, and uh, we have the famous story of Blandina, a Christian woman who is taken into um, a um, cathedral or, or um, uh, um, 
Colosseum along with a lot of other Christians, and they are fighting. Uh, that is, they are fighting with the wild beasts. They are going to be tortured and put to death because they confessed to the crime of being a Christian. And in the middle of that story, in a really poignant writing, uh, it is said of Blandina that she was hung up on a pole so wild animals could be turned loose to eat her as food. The sight of Blandina hanging there in the posture of a crucified person and the intense way that she was praying caused utmost devotion to well up in the other martyrs suffering the ordeal. And uh, the key line there is that they looked at their sister and they saw the form of the crucified one. Blandina had so conformed her life to Christ that when they looked at Blandina, they saw Blandina no more, but they saw Christ. One more example I want to give you is uh, the story of the martyrdom of Polycarp. And Polycarp was a, a, a very important figure in the early church. He was a, a bishop of the ancient Christian church of Smyrna. Uh, Irenaeus, a later church father, talks about how Polycarp is our link to the original uh, apostolic uh, generation because Polycarp himself learned the gospel from John. So we're that close to Jesus in this time period. And Polycarp, when he was the age of 86, an old man, uh, was arrested. Uh, it was a time of, of one of these local uh, uh, persecutions in the, um, the city of Smyrna. And Polycarp had actually tried to, um, to escape, but he was betrayed by a member of his own household. Now this should ring bells with us. Uh, as we think about the martyrs conforming their lives to Christ. And so Polycarp is brought before uh, the governor and there's a very interesting exchange between them that, that gives us a picture into the different kind of meaning that Christians gave to this life and, and all of life. The governor says to him, um, what's the matter? What harm is there in saying Caesar is Lord? So as you make a little sacrifice and do what's required. And he says, it's the only way to save your life. And Polycarp, in a way that really uh, shows us what Jesus was talking about when he says, take up your cross and follow me. Polycarp says, I have no intention of doing what you're advising. Because to say that Caesar is Lord is necessarily to deny that Jesus is Lord. And that was the central Christian conviction. And so then we read on in this story and we read of the actual death of Polycarp, which again sets the meaning of these martyrs' death into context. Uh, it is said that he, um, they tried to uh, light him on fire. That's how he was going to, to die by burning. The fire, the work says, like a ship's sail filled by wind curved into an arc and encircled the bo martyr's body within a wall of flame. He stood there in its midst, not like someone whose flesh was burning, but as if he were a loaf of bread baking, or gold and silver being refined in a furnace. And we also perceive some kind of sweet-smelling odor, as if an incense or another sort of precious aromatic spice were wafting in the air. Now, you probably didn't miss the Eucharistic overturn, uh, overtones there. Polycarp was uh, offering his life as a very sacrifice to God, conforming to Christ's sacrifice. And here we're reminded of the great passage from Paul in Romans 12:1, when Paul said, in talking about discipleship, 
Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, this is an important word for us in the 21st century church, particularly in a Western context, because we um, do not face this reality, and we think of this sometimes as a blessing. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is the early church felt that to face the ordeal of martyrdom, to conform your life so fully to Christ that your life even ends up in death for what you believe, that you take up a literal cross and follow Christ. That was the true blessing. That is just a wonderful picture of faith and picture of discipleship. And I hope that it gives us encouragement in our own context. Music